Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I answer the call. Welcome to this week's Character Unlock podcast, where we're going to spend a little bit of time chatting some nonsense, talking a little bit about the news. There's not been much news. We could talk a little bit about the news and a few games we've been playing. Yeah, basically just waste an hour and a half of our time and yours talking about nothing important whatsoever. I'm hosting this week, as it's plainly obvious. I'm Andrew Brooker, and joining me, as always, is my good buddy, John Miller. Mr. Miller, how are you, mate? All is good, my friend. Uh, you say that we're wasting an hour and a half of my time. Bearing in mind, I actually listened to this back, so I'm wasting three hours of my time for this. Whose fault is that? Uh, mostly yours for making me do this. I don't make you listen to it back. <laughs> that's, that's a good point, I suppose. <laughs> it's literally like recording a conversation we have in the pub and then listening to it again later. I think as, I'm as if you're going to, to get something meaningful from that experience. I Let me save you an hour and a half, mate. You're not gaining anything. I just want to see what it is that you managed to keep in and what you cut out, and then usually what you add as a stinger, which you haven't done for a while. Well, there's, not, there's, not, there's been good stuff, but I'm like, eh, I'm not sure if I should put it in. If something like really amazing happens, I will stick it in, but last couple of episodes, okay, the Mass Effect episode, by the time I got to the end, I was just like, I'm not doing anything, fuck you. Just turn it off, just yeah. stop it, just, just stop it. Literally, just please God make it stop. You were one moment away from blowing a rape whistle, weren't you? Yeah, I really was. Absolutely. Just yelling fire. <laughs> uh, and actually, because what I've done instead, like the last couple of episodes we've done, I've left the stupidness in the main bit of the podcast as well. Well, that's probably what makes us more popular, I guess. Well, I hope so. I just, it kind of, I, the more I listened to us just chatting nonsense, I was actually like, because a couple of episodes back, I had like a really good time just listening to the conversation we had. like I laughed my ass off at it. I don't know if anybody else did, but I thought it was really funny, so I just left it all there. At which point, there's no point in cutting it out and sticking it at the end. Just leave it all in and just let it flow as the conversation flowed with us. Yeah, I, it came, I thought it came out all right. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, most people probably didn't find it as funny as we did, recording it on the grounds that they don't know us very well. Well, no, they, they weren't here. True. <laughs> but, you know. Well, we hope they're not here. There's definitely there's at least one right behind you. Oh god! <laughs> I didn't look. I promise. <laughs> you twat. Absolutely. See, that's you know, gold. That comedy gold. Why wouldn't I leave that in? Because you're a prick. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> it took you three attempts to start this fucking episode. Just. <laughs> I was trying to be clever, and I'm tired. And no, there's no excuse. I'm just a mong. Yep. <laughs> Fucking spanner. <laughs> so let's move very swiftly on. <laughs> Unless there's, there's the 
yeah, let's talk a, a little bit about news. Well, the you know the, the couple of big things that have happened the last week or so. Hello, brother. So yeah, uh, I don't know. What should we do for? I tell you what, we'll do. Let's let's talk about. The one that was kind of confirmed today, like literally, like, what, two hours before we started recording. Yeah. And the confirmed is a strong word, but kind of people have confirmed that leaks do actually really confirm a new Assassin's Creed game coming out this year, as if we weren't already sure of that already. Yeah. But it's, uh, apparently it's called Assassin's Creed Origins, and it looks like it's going to be set in ancient Egypt. Which, uh, what do you think, mate? What's, what's your take? Because you, you were a little bit iffy with Assassin's Creed as a franchise, really, weren't you? Yeah, I've, I mean, I, I'll, I'm not the biggest fan of Assassin's Creed. I mean, I was very late to the party where Assassin's Creed 3, because uh, Revelations burnt me quite horribly. I mean, apart from Brotherhood, I didn't like any of the ones leading up to 3, which I was late to, and then I found out was actually pretty fun. Loved Black Flag, you know didn't try Unity on the grounds that... Well, no, sorry, that's a lie. I did try Unity, like, a couple of months back, because it was, like, three quid. Yeah. Um, Got about an hour into the game and gave up on it, because it was shit. <laughs> and then absolutely adored Syndicate. Uh, but, yeah, I'm actually a little bit more excited. But with regards to, like, the leak, it was, you know, it was just the typical posted by to Reddit by just a random username... Uh, which has been deleted since then. Um, yeah. But the username looks kind of like a reference to one of the Ubisoft staffers who worked on Black Flag. Okay. Yeah. I didn't so, realize that, I have to admit. Yeah, the username is apparently called Shout Out to Ashraf, and Ashraf Ismail is the one of the guys yeah. who worked on Black Flag. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like it could be... It's Although a leak, it looks like it's going to be one of those leaks, in inverted commas. Yeah. Where it was just a member of staff has gone. Oh yeah, we need to do this to give us a bit of uh, um, well, publicity for free, yeah. and make it seem a bit more shady than it really is. When in reality, it's just some guy working for their like community manager or something, just going, yeah, let's uh, let's push this out now because E3's around the corner. Yeah, dipping toes in the water a little bit. Yeah, see, see what's how, going on. Yeah, see how the community react. I mean, it was no one, I think, was surprised even a tiny little bit, that a new Assassin's Creed was coming. And we are at that time, we're, what, five weeks away from E3? So the leaks will be coming thick and... Thick? Thick? With an F? You are fucking thick, mate. (laughs) Jesus! The leaks are coming thick and fast, or will be coming thick and fast. Not thick and fast. Not thick and fast. Uh, Yeah, the leaks will be coming thick and fast, for the next couple, you know, for the next few weeks, leading up to E3, to the point, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit down the way as well, because we're, you know, we've got plans and we're going to do stuff for E3. But the E3, there's never, there's, well, there's rarely a big surprise at E3 anymore, because the leaks for the weeks beforehand tend to ruin everything. And for me, as somebody that you know likes to sit and watch the the press conferences every year, I want the surprise, and you rarely get them anymore. So. But Assassin's Creed was never going to be a big surprise, so hopefully, let's you know, a little bit of E3, a little bit of gameplay at E3 would be nice, you know. Confirmation of 
You know, because I mean, there's rumours going around that it's going to be part of a trilogy. That was something that Kotaku reported, I think, last year. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It was uh, what was that? Uh, Codenamed Empire. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it was going to be. It was going to start in ancient Egypt. It was going to be Egypt, Greece, and Rome. I think it was. I, it's been a long time, and I've read a lot of Assassin's Creed rumours since then. Well, that makes sense for it to be have been codenamed Empires, because those are the three greatest empires known to man, really. Yeah. But then the British. We've already had the British. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I, was, I was correcting you more than the Assassin's Creed thing. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, Ancient Egypt would be interesting. Assassin's Creed, I mean, we, we spoke at great length a couple of months ago about Assassin's Creed and I do I adore Assassin's Creed but if they just take this lovely setting and just turn it into more you know wrist blades and jumping off jumping into hay bales it's going to need a lot more than that to to pique my interest so climbing buildings stabby stabby jump into hay bale isn't really enough for you then well it, it used to be enough for me and it will probably still be enough for me but it won't be enough for me to pick up said game at full price on launch day you know it's been the tradition in you know for me that i take the week of assassin's creed releases off work and do nothing but play assassin's creed you know i probably won't bother with this new one you know i say that now <laughs> yeah think you know plan to almost certainly change but certainly at this precise point in time the plan would not be to do that um, probably going to go for the opposite. I might actually go for this one first time because Ancient Egypt is actually a bit of a soft spot for me, I guess. Okay. Yeah, uh, same with um, Ancient Greece and again Rome when that comes around. So. Yeah, Rome will be very cool. And there's a lot of a lot of story you could get out of Rome and Greece that would interest me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the three those three empires are kind of I have a bit of a soft spot for. So that's I wasn't. I mean, I think that's probably the thing that interested me a little bit in the Ezio ones was because it was set in Italy. I mean, it was Renaissance Italy, basically, but yeah. you know, going back further could be more more entertaining for me, I think. Yeah, Roman Empire Italy would be great. That would be really interesting, I think. I would, I would definitely... That one I would book time off of work for. The Devil's Advocate, I'm guessing that one of the sections of maybe the Greece Empire one will probably involve at least one of those uh, famous battles that people all love in, like, Troy and um, fucking Spartans, all that shit. That's okay, though, because to be fair, you know, the, the Assassin's Creed games have kind of prided themselves on bringing a lot of real-life stuff into these games and real-life people. You know, it's, ba- it's really it's what's made them what they are, you know, just running around... Renaissance Italy would have been great, but or would have been fun. But what was excellent was running around Renaissance Italy and being friends with Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, yeah. But so, I can I can just imagine it being like one of the it's an assassin's idea to to make the Trojan horse and then use that to go in and assassinate the 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 target inside the fucking walls. Oh yeah, that would definitely be there. So I yeah I would think it will probably turn up there just because. Greece, yeah, a lot, of, like lot, of, lot of politics in Greece, same as Rome. You know, a lot of political stuff, which I find very interesting. So I'd be quite into that. But yeah, I think you're probably right. We'll get you know Trojan horses and and the like. Yeah, but uh, but for me, mate, I to be honest, there ain't many games for me that can overshadow Assassin's Creed. 
but last week a game overshadowed Assassin's Creed for me. <laughs> I'm very unapologetic in my love for Darksiders, even though I never really I never finished Darksiders two because it annoyed the piss out of me. <laughs> but I am a giant fucking emo at heart, and Darksiders kind of speaks to me <laughs> in in that teenage. I want everything to be blood and skulls thing. And yeah, so last week, THQ Nordic announced Darksiders 3, which I am very, very excited for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't sound convinced, Mr. Miller. Uh, I loved Darksiders. I thought it it was probably one of my games of last gen. Yeah. Little less of the whole remaster that they came out. Uh, but Darksiders 2 was not the same animal, which you can agree with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's why I'm a little skeptical on number three, because if it's... It's had a long development, as we can tell. Yeah. Um, but if it's more two than it is one, then it's not going to be great. And although Fury looks quite badass, not convinced by her weapon don't like the idea of a woman having a whip just for the sake of it. I think... Or a bladed whip at that. It's I think like the, um Fuck it, Soul Calibur character. Yeah. Whatever her name is. I think the whip works. For, I mean, for me it works, because she kind of... No, it sounds really mean to say she's a bit of a waif, because she's not, because she's about the same size as Death. But it just it kind of it suits the build of her character, and it suits her because she seems really cocky. In the uh, in the little trailer we've got, so so a little bit of backstory. So uh, the the four horsemen in the Darksiders universe. Well, the Darksiders universe is a game is is a universe centered around the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We've got War, who was in Darksiders one. We've got Death, who was in Darksiders two. And there are two others. You have Fury and Strife. Fury is one of is the the guy's sister, and Interestingly, has been since pretty close to the beginning of the game. I'm pretty sure you see a picture of all four of them at the beginning of Darksiders 1, and Fury is a chick with a whip. Almost certain. Probably, yeah. And yet, there was an interesting amount of backlash from people complaining about there being a woman as the main, as the main character of a Darksiders game. Well, that's because people are idiots. Yeah. Uh... There was an equal amount of people screaming about the name of the horseman being Fury when Fury is not really a horseman, which was an interesting uh, hill to die on for a lot of people. I I don't understand how... Because anybody that researches for more than five minutes will discover that actually, as far as the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the only one that's ever actually been named outright is Death. Yeah. The rest are all open to interpretation. Plus, you know... It's a fucking video game about yeah. people in supersized Zelda armor beating the shit out of giants and angels and monsters and fuck off. Anyway. <laughs> so this game we're going to have, uh, and I, there's going to be, you know, I mean, it's slightly spoiling Darksiders 1 and 2, but from what we can tell so far, it will be Fury, who is the third horseman, uh, We'll be chasing down the seven deadly sins who are wreaking havoc on Earth. But there's, it looks like there's going to be, at, at the very least, kind of 
a side plot with War from the first one because we see him chained up at the beginning of the the pre-rendered trailer that we've had. Yeah. Uh, but there's been some gameplay as well. And the gameplay, it all looks like Darksiders. You know, ravaged Earth, monsters, you know, severely overpowered horsemen of the apocalypse running around beating shit out of everything. <laughs> you know? But it looks, you know, it looks fun. I, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't, uh, I, I've never finished Darksiders 2 because it's not the kind of game or gameplay that really interests me that much. Because uh, the whole story behind Darksiders, Darksiders was made on the cheap, or on the cheap-ish, uh, and had a few RPG elements to it, but was definitely more kind of Zelda than anything else. And it's something that pretty much everybody that's ever played says and can see when they play the game. Well, it was Legend of Zelda, but with violence. Pretty much. But Vigil Games, who disappeared when uh, THQ went bankrupt a couple of years ago, Visual Games said they always wanted to make Darksiders a proper like dungeon-crawling RPG, which is what they made with Darksiders 2. And this is, is where me and Darksiders 2 fell out. Not because it's an RPG, because if it was good, I would have carried on playing as much as I don't particularly like RPGs. But it done that thing that Mass Effect 2 done to me, was that I found myself in a fucking dungeon that I was completely underpowered for, completely underleveled, and I just kept getting my ass handed to me, and I got annoyed and just turned it off and went and played something else and never went back. Hang on, that Mass Effect 2 one was entirely your fault. Because you wasn't... chose to go into that f- area without actually in... knowing what to do. Well, that's that's not my fault. I went into the area that the game presented to me. Yeah, I'll admit that Mass Effect <laughs> 2 really should have held back the DLC sections till after you, you know, collected half of your... Yeah. Well, until you get access to Ilium, basically. Yeah. I do take uh, I do take responsibility for Darksiders too, because I probably wasn't paying attention, uh, or I'd done something completely wrong and I wasn't leveled enough. By you know, it was my own fault. I just I never went back to it. So I've I've never said Darksiders two is a shit game. I'm sure it's perfectly good. Metacritic scores say it's pretty good. I just have never gone back to it. I have bought it again. I've bought the Definitive Edition. Bought it the same day I bought my War Mastered Edition that I haven't finished yet because I went on and played something else. Uh, but yeah, I'm very, very excited. I'm really glad. So it's, it's being made by a group called Gunfire Games, who are the remnants of Vigil Games. So the guys that originally made Darksiders, and they have they didn't say they were going to make you know three and four, but in one of the little interview things they've done they said you know we would like to to do this game and try not to mess up the story of one and two you know have it all work in and then maybe move on to another one I was like ooh ooh because Darksiders 4 is the dream for me at the moment Darksiders 4 is the dream for me not because I want to play Darksiders 4 but because I want decent high quality renderings of all the horsemen because I want them tattooed uh, okay, yeah, that, see, now now I understand where you're coming from on this one, as opposed to, because I you're I, just going, I really can't wait for number four, because number three is going to suck, and therefore no, four is going to be better. No, not at all. I have every confidence that three will be a good go. I have every confidence three will be a great game. I would put money on THQ Nordic, who are the people that are going to be publishing it, 
saying to the guys at Gunfire, this is excellent, absolutely, do your Darksiders, cut it down a bit. Yeah. Let's not be a 60-hour dungeon crawler, Let's or even a 20-hour dungeon crawler. Let's be the 12 to 15-hour hack and slash that the first one was, because that was a great game, or is a great game. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a dungeon crawler. It doesn't... It, it was enough open world, and it gave you the ba- very basic element of you go into area, you beat mid-level boss, you pick up new power, you use said power to beat end boss. Yep. And then the final boss at the end of it involves using all of those powers you've picked up from the, all those dungeons beforehand. Yep. That's all the game needs to be. Yep. Some, sometimes you know, simplicity is the best way. It's not, you don't have to have your game overly complicated. You give me 20 hours worth of combat experience and going through a game to into a final boss fight add in a, a fucking uh, shooting section where you have to fly through a load of caves and you have to kill all but one of the fucking enemies you come across to get an achievement yep. give me that, I want that back yeah, bit, a bit of a challenge but not Darksiders 2 I mean I'm, I tell, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do uh, the gameplay we've seen has, has seen uh, Ulfane is coming back who is the giant blacksmith who yeah. I, I loved Ulfane in the first one. I thought he was great. And I know he was in the second one as much as I did. I don't think I got to him. But yeah, Ulfane is returning. I've The voice work for, for Fury intrigues me. Because the woman... I don't know the name of the woman doing it. I'm assuming... You know, there might be people that do. She might be a proper, you know, famous video game voiceover actress. But I don't know her. Uh, but she's kind of got that cockiness about her. Very sure of herself, yeah. You know, which it could be. I think it could be interesting doing that. And her with a whip, I'm right with a whip. I'm more than okay because she's going fucking. She's going all Simon Belmont. She's going to Castlevania that bad boy for me. <laughs> I'm I'm all right with a whip. But yeah, the voice work. I want I want good voice work because obviously I mean War I thought was great, but in Dark Siders One we have Mark Hamill. Doing the what being a watcher, and he was awesome. And, that was awesome. And in the second one, you know, we have we have Michael Wincott as Death, and Michael, I love Michael Wincott. I think he's great, and his voice was awesome. And I love his. This is no place for a horse. I have to go alone. This is no place for a horse. I loved it, and I still say it to this day for absolutely no reason. I just randomly say it, and I tried to do it in his voice as well, and fail. But yeah. Darksiders 3, mate. 2018, according to the trailer. I cannot fucking wait. And I really hope we see more of that at something. So, you know, something that Jeff Keighley does, maybe, at E3. Lots of gameplay, please. So on to talking about what we've been playing for the last couple of weeks. I've I've kind of been continuing my quest to finish a few of the... Telltale and what basically just the episodic games that have been sitting on my PlayStation just waiting for me to finish. So I have played. I think you've played a couple of these as well. So I finished the Game of Thrones, the Telltale Game of Thrones game. Oh, you actually finished it? Yeah. <laughs> Man, dude, that is so boring. Yeah. Like forgetting that Game of Thrones is basically just this nightmare of relentless misery but the video game is exactly the same and I found myself so 
annoyed and so bored while I was playing Telltale Game of Thrones that I was purposefully making choices so that people would die quicker so <laughs> that I didn't have to deal with their shit anymore. <laughs> it's just relentless fucking misery and it was just boring. I I don't understand. I know a lot of people have really enjoyed Telltale Game of Thrones. I don't understand why or how. You know, obviously, different strokes. You like what you like, and that's fine. I'm, you know, I'm not judging anybody that does like Game of Thrones. But, dude, I was so bored. <laughs> I was so bored, and yeah, I, I only had an episode and a half left to finish the the game off. So it took about three hours. That's the longest three hours of my life. <laughs> oh, just this constant cel-shaded dick slap to the face. I, awfulness. Absolutely terrible. Uh, did you play the Game of Thrones one? I played the first episode, and I finished the first episode, and then I started playing the second episode... But I can't remember why I didn't get past the opening scene. I think it was because as soon as you get control of your character at the start of the second episode, and you have to walk through that stupid fucking, um, I want to say house yeah. in the middle of uh, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh yeah. I just I was just wandering through the house. And I was like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> I didn't enjoy the first episode. I was barely paying attention towards the end. Yeah, I I definitely I bought this one. Because there was, there was this, there was Borderlands, and, well, this and Borderlands, really. Uh, it came out about the same time, really on the, the edge of the all the Telltale hype. Like, we'd had Walking Dead, and we'd had Wolf Among Us, and they'd had a lot of success, and a lot of the games they were doing were really good. So, I just kind of bought the season passes on release day. You know, I didn't question it, didn't fuck around. At the time, I was quite a big Game of Thrones fan, not anymore. So I just thought, you know what, this is going to be great. You know, choose your own adventure, Game of Thrones, fan fucking tastic. Uh, no, I mean I should be a bit more. You know, I shouldn't, shouldn't just sit there and go, no, it's shit, it's shit, no, no, it's shit. So it's it's set in this strange little time between, like the Red Wedding at the end of season three, three. Pretty sure it's three. Yeah, and like. Certain other things happening, I believe, at the end of season four, beginning of season five. I can't remember. It's all just melded it's, into one yeah. bloody pulp mess for me nowadays. Uh, so you play as a house that you haven't actually had an awful lot of dealings with when it comes to the TV show. So you can basically, they've inserted these new characters into this existing world at a time when, if you've watched the TV show, you you kind of you're already familiar with this this time period or this this section of time in the story, and made you live inside that time. So yeah, all the characters are back: so, you know, Cersei, Marjorie, Jon Snow, all them. They're all back. Everyone's back, and you play as several people, uh, as you ex- would expect to do in a Game of Thrones game, because nothing is normal or linear. It's all over the bloody shop. So you play as a guy who's up on the wall, who ends up in the Night's Watch. You play a woman who's handmaiden to 
Marjorie in King's Landing. Uh, you play various cousins and uncles and things to this particular family. The Foresters? I want to say the Foresters. It's probably Foresters. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the super-duper bad guys come back uh, or, or appear in it. And I, th- I think, actually, you know what? This might be one of my biggest problems with Telltale Game of Thrones. So there are a couple of people that turn up in it that you know are complete bastards because you've yep. seen them in the TV show. But the problem is, you've seen them in the TV show. They're still in the TV show. So you know you don't get or he doesn't get any comeuppance at all. He just yeah. gets to be an asshole for six episodes. And remembering, this is a six-episode season, this Telltale game, not like the rest, which are five. It's a six-episode-long season, and this guy just gets to be an unrelenting twat. For the entire these... way through it, yeah. yeah. And you, you've got no, there's nothing you could do about it. No, absolutely nothing. So, I mean, it's, it, it falls into the same category at that point as The Walking Dead, where there's just there's no happy ending, there's no decent bit there's no you know there's no uh resolution to anything it's just life goes on and it's still shit i i mean i've recommended the telltale games for a lot of people because i genuinely believe they're really quite good i would not recommend this to anybody i think it's it's their worst outing since the jurassic park game oh god <laughs> <laughs> But it's not all doom and gloom with Telltale Games, because you played a little bit of Telltale Game this week as well, didn't you? Yes. In the last couple of weeks since you spoke about having finished it yourself, I decided to give Batman a go. And I tell you what, in the first episode alone, I think I've kind of fallen in love with it a little bit. It's good, isn't it? It's it's a lot of fun. I re- I'm really enjoying the characters. I, I tell you what, I really enjoyed... My favourite thing, I'm guessing, is the little is the one scene at the cafe where it's um, Bruce Wayne, Harvey, and Selina Kyle. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, it's very... It's, 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 mu- it's much more tense than you expect it to be. Uh, and it kind of... Yeah, really, it, it ramps up the tension. It's the, the di- you, feel, you feel like you have to be really careful about the dialogue choices you make in that particular conversation. I, yeah, I like that scene. That was really good. Yeah. And it's the, the fucking um, choices that you can make in the conversation. And so many of them are just so obvious one-liners. It's fucking hilarious. Brilliant. I yeah. love it. Everything about the, the Batman game is the opposite of what the Game of Thrones game is, where all of the fucking bits of conversation take you to a bit of more boring conversation. Yeah. Versus the uh, the Batman game, which is, well, from what I've played so far, it's this is a hilarious one-liner, or you can choose this other hilarious one-liner. Yeah, there's definitely a point where it, it turns a little bit serious, and you have to have a couple of serious conversations. And but the beauty of it is, at that point, you look at it and go, "Oh, what? I, I'm, I'm not sure how to answer this." I think I mentioned it in the other episodes. Like you get to a point, I think about episode three or four, where it's quite clear that everybody has had the exact same reaction and gone, "Oh, what do I say here?" <laughs> because the percentages they give you, like the stats they give you at the end, aren't anywhere near as clear-cut as the ones in like episode one and two, where everyone's just gone, fuck you, I'm Batman. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that doesn't happen the further on you go, because you actually 
you do, and this is the point, you kind of get invested in the story, which is something I can't say for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Are you, are you going to go back to Batman now and finish it? I, I am. One, um, I just need to give myself a little bit of time to actually play it. At yeah. the moment, I keep getting distracted by other things and a, a game that I played that I'll, I'll talk about later. But I think with Batman, I think the best choice that they gave you so far is being able to choose the colour of your Batman gear. It's amazing. It's such a stupid and minute detail, but it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I kind of went, I want it to be blue. I was like, no, my back is going to be purple. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm definitely playing this as if it's a Saints Row game. Yeah, I, <laughs> I chose purple as well. <laughs> it's the obvious choice. But yeah, it was, it was a nice little touch, actually. It was one of those things that you kind of go, that was unexpected. It yeah. was, it, you know, I, it was something. Yeah, you know, they Telltale made a little twist on, on what they done, you know, just to just to add a little bit of spice to it. Have you noticed the, uh, the crowd playing options? I've seen the crowd. I've seen the crowd play a bit of availability. I've not really looked into it at all. But it seems seems weird that they give you the option to play it as a team uh, or as four people, and it's like a democracy on what choice you make. Yeah. That was uh yeah that was bizarre. <laughs> that I, I was like I'm I'm not delving down that rabbit hole. I just like, the new Guardians games got it as well, but yeah I don't I can't lose. I was like that seems like it would be good you know for like Twitch streamers maybe if you're going to live stream the story and you could have yeah. people you know vote on what you wanted to do. But I don't know how that would work with the the game itself. I don't know three other people who would be willing to play. Uh, or rather be willing to watch a Batman game be played in front of them. No. Well, that's the other problem, of course, isn't it? Because everybody that I know that would play the games is a gamer and would want to play, not just watch me play. We're yeah. not, you know, we're not 14 years old handing controllers around because it's your turn anymore. Yeah, it's your t- you get to play until you die, and you always end up with that one person who died really early, and it's like, oh, well, you can have a second go. Yeah. Because you died after like thirty seconds, and then they had it for like an hour afterwards. Yeah, but no, I I I really liked uh, Batman. I finished that in just a couple of sittings. Actually, I was really impressed with how good it was, and refused to put it down. I was pleasantly surprised. We're talking about talking about pleasantly surprised by Telltale Games. Oh, I've also finished Tales from the Borderlands. Finally, it's good, isn't it? Mmm. Behind Wolf Among Us, I think this may be the second best. Telltale game there is mainly because dude it's so funny it is it's fucking like, brilliant like genuinely funny as well like some proper laugh out loud moments in it and not just like in the dialogue like one of my favourite bits was towards the end uh, someone kind of slipped over in a puddle of blood and, and face planted into the floor and the little bit in the corner that says you know you will remember that or such and such will remember that it came up and said, such and such's face will remember that. Yep. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. I literally, like, in, a, in an empty house, no one around. I just went, ah! <laughs> and kind of pointed at it as if to show the invisible people in my house just how funny <laughs> that was. But no, I was really, really impressed. And I, I actually, I was a bit annoyed because when I got to it, I discovered I still had two episodes left to play. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I thought I only had one. And then by the time I got halfway through the, the second episode, I was like, I wish I'd just started this from the beginning. 
because it's really good and I don't want it to end. <laughs> because, I mean, the story is amazing and a lot of fun. And you don't really need to know the Borderlands lore no. to play it because I don't, you know, I finished Borderlands 1 uh, and through various bits of marketing, I know who Handsome Jack is. Yeah. Uh, so when he turns up, at, you know, in Tales from the Borderlands, I know who he is, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, well, you really missed out because Borderlands Two was free recently on Xbox Games with Gold. I'm pretty sure I doubt. I'm pretty sure I added it to my list. So you should definitely go through and play it because Borderlands Two, Handsome Jack's a fucking outstanding character. Yeah. And it's a real shame that he came out at the exact same time that um, uh, Arkham something came out. Yeah. Which was why that he didn't get best villain and Mark Hamill did. <laughs> I am, but I, I do keep seeing, like, the... Is it the Handsome Jack Collection? Yeah. Or the Handsome Collection? Yeah. Something like the that. The Handsome so, Collection. Yeah, so the, pre, the pre-sequel and Borderlands 2 yeah. that have been remastered for Xbox One. Yeah. I do keep seeing those going a bit, going quite cheap and think I wouldn't mind picking those up, mainly just to get a bit of Handsome Jack because I really liked him in Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, he's... The the Tales from the Borderlands version of him is a bit more of a caricature of his of of his actual self, but but Handsome Jack as a whole is a fucking brilliant character who you only really come across in person once. The rest of the time it's just him talking to you over the echo device. Yeah, but it's still fucking brilliant him talking to you over the echo device because <laughs> he's such a well designed and well spoken character. Yeah, you just you'll you'll be in the middle of running from one section of another. And then you'll just hear the voice work coming over. And it's like, I'm going to stop now and listen to this because fuck those guys over there shooting at me. I want to pay attention. <laughs> Excellent. No, I, I really, I do want to play them, but I, I thought Tales from the Borderlands, I thought was, you know, it was genius because the, the, it had little bits of combat in it. it had, you know, all the, all the standard quick time events were there. Of course they were, but it actually had like actual combat. Yeah. Like shooting at things, which kind of, it threw me the first time it happened but I have to admit I I really enjoyed it and I would like to see more of that you know like I say second only to The Wolf Among Us for for Telltale games for me yeah uh, with Tales from the Borderlands did you get the uh, all of the characters for the final fight or did you not get the last one I didn't get the guy from Borderlands 1 I didn't have the money for him oh yeah I've forgotten his name. Zero. Oh. Could you get the, you have the yeah there you have yeah. the opportunity to choose zero. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't have the money because I'd spent super duper amounts of money on clothes. <laughs> because I'm yeah. a bell end. Yeah. Oh yeah, I spent a fortune on clothes because it's in it's interesting to spend loads of money on the clothes for no reason. Yeah. Just because it, look it, the ability to actually get clothes and change your outfit is new really. Yeah. I quite like that in a in a Telltale game. It's much we, better than just walking around in the generic ones. Yeah. We can just take a minute as well to appreciate that Patrick Warburton does voice work in Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah. I love Patrick Warburton. I love his voice. I, I, I know he's in Family Guy? Yep. Is it Family Guy he's in? Yes, he is. Cool. Because I don't watch Family Guy. <laughs> but I do watch Rules of Engagement. Yes. Like, religiously uh, almost as much as I watch Friends it's just on all the time in my house uh, 
and he is fucking amazing in Rules of Engagement. <laughs> and when I first heard his voice, I was like, holy shit, is that Patrick Warburton? And obviously then, you know, credits roll and it tells you it is. But then, like, I'm playing episode two, and Maya was like, you know, uh, the wife, she said, is that Patrick Warburton? Like, yeah, it's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got, yeah. this, I've got this massive collection of games that I'm desperate to get her to play, and I bet the only way I get her to play Tales from the Borderlands is because it's got Pat Warburton in it. Patrick Warburton's put a lot of voice work into a lot of games, and a lot of them have been like Telltale games as well. Yeah. He also, you know, completely nothing to do with games or anything, but he plays the sheriff in Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, the TV show. All right. Again, I sat there and went, is that Patrick the Little and watches it? Is that Pat Warburton? <laughs> it's it's difficult to confuse Pat Warburton's voice with anyone else's. Well, this is true. But at the same time, <laughs> you don't necessarily expect it in Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, the cartoon. I suppose. <laughs> hey, everybody needs money. What true. And Patrick Warburton will do anything for money. Nah, we'd all do anything for money. Yeah, I'd, I'd sit in an empty room and talk into a mic for the money Patrick Warburton gets. Well, currently I'm doing it right now I see. for no money. I see. So. I'm currently sitting here doing it for nothing but the love of talking to you, my friend. Well, uh, I love you too. Not quite like that. <laughs> but. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was very, very impressed with Tales from the Borderlands. I really want more. I kind of... I hope that Guardians of the Galaxy hits that level of comedy. Uh, so far it hasn't. But it's only one episode in, so I hope it might get better. But so far, it feels like it's trying really, really hard to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. My interest in Guardians of the Galaxy is that it's not based on the films, whereas that, I think that was Game of Thrones' biggest issue, was that it was based on the TV show in, a, in, a, in such a loose way, where in reality what they should have done is not done that, and actually made a relatively unique story in the Game of Thrones universe based on things that are untold essentially oh for TV sure show. absolutely there's, there's so much stuff in the books that isn't in the TV show that really could have you know the game could have absolutely fallen into that category instead of going oh yeah by the way we'll just have exact life characters yeah I mean as much as I enjoy seeing Natalie Dormer in front of me all the time <laughs> But no, uh, but yeah. the thing with with Guardians is it. What I thought it was going to be based on one of the films, and within five minutes, it very much tells you that it's not. You know, it proves quite succinctly that it is not anything to do with the the films. And I was okay with that because once I got over that hurdle, I could just sit and enjoy. Yeah. But uh, have you played anything else? Yes, the other game that I've played. Uh, was which it's a game that I've had on rent um, for God knows how long because it arrived about the same week that Mass Effect Andromeda was released. So I never played it until I finished Mass Effect Andromeda because I didn't play anything. <laughs> and that, that was uh, Overwatch, which I actually put on my rental list around about the same time the free weekend happened and I completely forgot about it and didn't play it. So it was free. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I, I'm I'm so glad you played it because I've really enjoyed Overwatch. What did you um, What did you reckon? I, I tell you what, I didn't play the multiplayer, if you know what I mean. I played the PVE event that was available to me at the time. Oh, the horde mode thing. Yeah. How was it? I, 
I played that, and I only played that. It was, I tell you what, it was really interesting. It was very entertaining, and I was playing with a friend, and we were just playing with just me, him, and a couple of randoms. Mm-hmm. And he, I, you only get a certain selection of characters to pick from. Yeah, I think you only get four, don't you? Yeah. So it was. Uh, I picked um, the whatever the the giant Norse guy with the hammer. Yeah. I I played with him. And it was quite fun running around smacking things with a giant, giant robots with a giant hammer. Uh, yeah, being able to put up a shield was pretty entertaining. Uh, but in general, it was it was a lot of fun running around smacking things. Yeah, which is what I really wanted in in it's what entirely what I was expecting Overwatch to be, just a a bit of fun, a bit of popcorn game, and it, that's exactly what it was. And then we played a second round of the same thing, but with all the characters unlocked. Yeah. And I picked the bloke with the two shotguns. Okay. I don't know what any of these characters' names are. And he was also a fair bit of fun to play with, but because we were playing with people who were like who were low leveled, didn't really know what they were doing. So yeah. basically me. <laughs> um, we failed miserably at doing that, that one because we just couldn't get the no one was reviving each other apart from me and my mate. So it's like someone would go down and it was only me or my mate that would go and revive someone. The other two just sort of ignored them. Okay. And when you die, that's the missions fail. Yeah. So yeah. Oh Complete fucking tool bags on the other team, on the rest <laughs> of the team. So we did that. I did that a couple more times, and then I never actually. I didn't actually play the actual multiplayer, so I can't really comment on what the multiplayer is like and why it won all those awards. But I can't say I'm entirely disappointed on the fact that I didn't spend money buying the game. Okay. But. I'm guessing I probably would enjoy it a lot more if I'd got it when it came out and was playing with friends when it came out because I don't think any of my friends are still considering playing it apart from, well, actually, even the one that I did play with said openly to me that he was a bit, he's a bit more casual when it comes to playing it, so he isn't really interested in, yeah. isn't really interested in playing games for the fun of, for more than just the fun of playing games, so if we keep losing it stops being fun and then he just doesn't care anymore and he makes he get gets worse and then he doesn't really care and then he gets worse again and then in the end we all just get annoyed and turn it off fair enough i can see that i i don't play overwatch that much anymore i still have it installed just and quickly jump on and and have a go but because i've played it enough to to just be able to jump in and hold my own for a little while have a couple of matches and quit i can kind of do that but I, I wouldn't want to be. It's kind of the complete opposite as well. Because I remember when I when I first played it, and I think it, I said it on the podcast once as well. Because there's no like skills to unlock, and there's no, you know, it's not like leveling up in Battlefield. It's nothing but cosmetic stuff when you level up in in Overwatch. Yeah. So in theory, you know, you should be able to jump on, you know, be Christmas noob. And it actually not make that much difference. But, you know, outside of obviously being new and the people that you're playing with aren't. But yeah. it's still, I can imagine it now, having spent a bit more time with it, I can imagine it now still being just as frustrating to be a new player in that game. Especially as, fuck me, Overwatch players take that game seriously. Yes, they do. Like, really seriously. Like, I've seen several people take some pretty severe abuse, you know, for just playing and having a bit of fun. How fucking dare they? 
Oh god, no, you're not allowed to have fun playing video games anymore, Brooks. Yeah, I won't. It, it, you, you have to be fucking MLG right from the bat. <laughs> if you're, it's, like, it's like if you're not level over 100 already, and you haven't, you know, mastered every single character, or at the very least, you've mastered one character to such an extent that no one actually can, you know, compete with you on that character's level, yeah. then no, it's not worth playing it. I was born prestiged, motherfucker. Siege, Siege has turned into the exact same community where people actually will only play if they can pick the character that they want. Yeah. So from the character selection screen, you'll see people, one person will select a character, and then what will happen is someone else, they'll, they'll, they'll a vote kick will come up in the corner because someone selected their character. Yeah. And then often they will be there with well, at least one or two of their friends. Yeah. And it's like, and then the vote kick counter will just start going up, and then you'll receive a message saying, vote kick this guy. And then you'll go, why? And they won't actually answer you, and the, the countdown will end. And then they'll vote to kick you. Hit whoever it is, your friend will, will do that. And then the other guy will vote to kick you anyway, because he <laughs> thinks that, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't quite understand what's going on. And then he'll get kicked anyway, because that dude wants to play with that character. Yeah, I've, I've got no interest in communities like that. It's so fucking toxic on Siege, and I think that the Overwatch community is kind of hitting the same sort of level. Yeah, you tend to get abuse in Overwatch because I don't. Well, you wouldn't have noticed because you didn't play uh, standard online. But it tells you, like, it, it gives you advisories and tells you that you know you've got no tanks, you need a tank. You've yeah. got you've got no support, you need a support. And everybody yells at everybody else for not choosing support, but they don't go and choose it anyway because, oh, no, I want to play as my guy. I want to yeah. be a sniper. Yeah. I want to be a sniper. You must be the other guy. Fuckers. Pretty yeah. Much. So I do jump on, and obviously because I, cause I know the game and I can hold my own a bit, it, it, it's not an issue for me, and I'm not on long enough for there to ever be a problem. But, yeah, it's... Communities like that frustrate me, but... You know, these games cultivate those communities. We've seen it on Battlefield. We see it every year on Call of Duty. It's, You know, this isn't something that's specific to to Overwatch or to Siege. It's something that every multiplayer community has. And, you know, the sad fact of it is... It, I mean, you, you might disagree, but for me, the sad fact of it is I don't have time to be on these games online from the day they release every night. To, you know, to keep my shit quick. I've got too many other things to do. You yeah. Know? I've got a podcast to record, damn it. Yep, I've got a podcast to record, <laughs> so I have to play lots of different games. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to play lots of different games, I can't get really good at one particular game. Yeah. But the only game that I could even consider to be relatively decent at is FIFA. And that's only because it's the only game that I pick up and play, and I play it every week. But... Yeah. I think I, but I've qualified for the weekend league on Ultimate Team twice now, and both times that I've done it has been at weekends where I'm not actually at home. <laughs> Your timing sucks, dude. I know. It's I, I <laughs> try to qualify every single week, so I will probably uh, tomorrow night will jump on my Xbox after I come back from eating dinner. Yeah. And I will jump on my Xbox and I'll try and qualify, knowing for a fact that I'm actually away again this weekend, and I will probably manage to qualify. <laughs> Excellent. No, I mean, I I really want... I'm desperate for a a multiplayer game to keep my interest going. I, 
you know, I know I sound like a broken record when I say it, but I just I want another Killzone. Killzone I played for hours, you know, for hundreds of hours, and I loved it. And Killzone was it just sat installed on my PlayStation 4, and after I'd got all my trophies and that, it still stayed installed on my PS4, and I just chucked it on and played for a couple of hours if I couldn't decide what I wanted to play because it was always a game I could pick up and play and enjoy. And I haven't had a game do that for ages. And I do miss it quite a bit. You know, Battlefield 3 back in the day and Battlefield 4 to a point as well. You know, you could just leave them installed, just pick them up and play. And because you're a relatively decent skill, you know, 20 minutes or so, get your feet back into it and you're back to having fun. I just haven't found a game to do that. I bought Overwatch hoping that would be, you know, I'd, I'd get that feeling from Overwatch. But, mm. you know, I got it for a little while. But no, sadly. Yeah, it's going to be a long time before a game is released where I actually really care about the multiplayer properly. Yeah. Assassin, I, I cared about the multiplayer for Assassin's Creed for a long time. I was very good at that, you know, blowing my own trumpet and all that shit. But <laughs> I, was, I was quite good. I... I I'd done all right at Assassin's Creed multiplayer, but um, yeah, maybe something will pique my interest at E3. Maybe. 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 My uh, my last my last game for this week uh, is another episodic game, and another one that's been sat on my list, you know, just crying for me to finish it, and that was Life is Strange. So not Ooh. a Telltale one, but. Episodic nonetheless. Episodic nonetheless. Uh, developed by Square Enix. Sorry, mm. published by Square Enix. Developed by Don't Nod. I think it's Dot Nod? Don't Nod. Uh, Something. Productions. They made that weird little white and orange French thing a few years ago. I've forgotten what it's called. White and orange French thing. Yeah, it was all like a white, white and orange aesthetic. It was... Well, I believe they're a French company. But... Oh, crap, the name's really going to annoy me. I'm absolutely not Googling it as we speak. Like, not, yeah. e- not even a little bit. Remember <laughs> me. Uh, oh, yeah, shit, I remember. I <laughs> I remember that game. <laughs> that game sucked so hard. Yes, it did. Okay, no, that's a bit unfair. I quite liked Remember Me. It was fun, but it was far too long. It needed to be about two-thirds as long as it was because I just started getting bored with the same old, same old bullshit in it. But yeah, anyway. So yeah, so they've so the guys that made that made this Life is Strange. Have you played Life is Strange? Not yet. I've got it. I bought it. Um yeah. Oof. Oh, that game, mate. That that left a mark. That was it was hardcore. Uh I know I mean I won't in case people missed it and it's it's a weird one. It's been out for more than a year. But yeah. I still feel like I shouldn't spoil it. Please don't, because I want to play it. Irrega- it. <laughs> yeah, irregardless of you not playing it, I don't want to say spoilers. But I, and I know Brian did uh, on our on on the Mass Effect episode. But there there are a couple of bits. That's a good thing I didn't really listen to anything he said during the Mass Effect episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are a couple of bits that that really they're they're quite they're quite. Uh, emotionally draining and very very tense because you can genuinely it it feels and by the time you get to the first really big thing you can do 
it genuinely feels like everything that's going to happen after this is going to be affected by what you do. You know, we're not talking telltale levels of, you know, such and such will remember this. Yeah. You know, this is going to affect the whole game. The whole game is going to change completely dependent on how you, how you react here. Uh, and if it's weird for a game to be able to do that. And I, I know life is strange has been quite polarizing. Uh, I know so many people that have played it and say it just hasn't clicked with them, they haven't gotten on with it, uh, and there's this... I can definitely see that if you've never gotten past the first episode, because holy crap, the dialogue in the first episode is cringeworthy. I mean, it's... It's... Oh, teenage soap opera, biker grove levels of cringe... It made me want to rip off my ears just so I didn't have to hear it anymore. But outside of that, it's really, really good. And if you can get over that in episode one and just let it be part of the experience and enjoy it, by the end of episode two, when big thing happens, you, you're you absolutely immersed. And by the time you get to the end of it, uh, and I, I only ever had, to, I only played it the once. I didn't have to play it again and try and get a better ending or better whatever i i'd done it for want of a better word right the first time but even then like after it had all been done i had literally i had to pause the game and you know take a breath and go get a cup of coffee and you know just chill for five minutes because it was so taxing you know in a really good way like i literally i felt like i'd had an experience which is what video games are for but I walked out and I went, fuck me. I do not want to do that again. I that was, It was just horrific. It was so, so draining. And there are a couple of bits, you know, I think the end of episode three does something very similar. When, and as far as I can tell, there's nothing you can do about this. This is going to happen whatever you do. And then you get this really big reveal and like the most horrific thing has happened. And it does it right at the end of the episode and leaves you cliffhanging. Especially because like all these other games I'm now finishing, at the time, I was doing it as the episode finished. So it done this to me, it punched me in the gut, and then went, come back in a month for the <laughs> next episode. <laughs> I was like, motherfuckers, don't do that. What happens? <laughs> but at the same time it does all of that and it is really good in that regard uh, it's got this really well used uh, time mechanic where you can rewind time and change things in the short term to hopefully get the better uh, response outcome at the time there are a couple of frustrating bits where you have to keep rewinding and doing things to succeed or to to win that particular part of the game or to beat that particular part of the game and they can be quite frustrating but the game has a very do you would you do you know what I mean when I say it has like a Lynchian feel to it, it do you know have you seen ever seen Twin Peaks uh yeah yeah it feels like Twin Peaks it's well it's, <laughs> it's, it's littered with Twin Peaks references but it feels like you're playing a Twin Peaks episode or a Twin Peaks 
story arc. It okay. it's so good. It's <laughs> so so good. Uh, and yeah, and and again, I got to the end and I I finished the game, and it, you know, again, obviously I won't spoil it, but you'll get to the end, and as is the way with games like this, you have to make a choice, and none of those choices are good. You have to decide which is the better choice, and you just get to the end and you go, "Cool, fucking hell." That was, that was horrible. <laughs> Literally, I finished it, and I let the game just sit there. I think I tweeted that I finished the game, and then just sat in my house, that empty house again. I'd been left on my own for a couple of hours. I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to get this finished now, you know, get it done and dusted and out of the way. And I sat and went, I, I just sat in silence. And what the, what the fuck do I do now? This is, you know, this, this truly horrific brilliant, amazing, terrifying game, you know. It's it's a bit like, you know, when your favourite drama show finishes and you watch the final episode and you're like, oh, well, now what do I do? You know, it's, and I think we've all had that problem, haven't we? We've all had that thing where we play a game that's so good, you don't know how to follow it up. That's pretty much how all of my gaming funks start, is because I play something that is absolutely amazing, yeah. And then don't know where to go from there. And if I hadn't already had the plan to, you know, that evening or the next evening, continue on with Tales from the Borderlands, I honestly don't know what I would have done with myself when it came to games to play, because it was just, oh, well, that's done. Well, now what? But, yeah, I I would wholly recommend, wholly recommend Life is Strange. You know, it's not Telltale short. Like the episodes, you know, a couple of the episodes took like three hours. Yeah, you know, because I was going around looking for things and doing puzzles and and okay, I, I I freely admit to trophy chasing as well because you can take uh, you can manipulate things and make the game uh, ask you to take photos and like each episode has ten photos to take and um, you get a trophy for each one and. I was like, I've gotten all the photos up to this point, so I might as well carry on when I got to like episodes four and five. Yeah. Because it would have annoyed me more not having that platinum at that point uh, than chasing the trophy, you know, than the hassle it caused chasing the trophies. So maybe if you're not achievement hunting, it's a bit quicker. But yeah, two to three hours an episode, five episodes. Yeah, fifteen hours. I. It's very very good. I I. I wholly recommend it. Guess I'm gonna give that a go after I finish with some of these Telltale games. Yeah. Speaking of funks, I think I'm probably in one of those at the moment, thanks to Mass Effect having finished that one. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad. I, I think that's the main reason to why I've played Overwatch and to why I probably haven't played much else in terms of actual gaming, and probably why the Telltale stuff's really gonna help. I think. Yeah, I, I've. They're definitely those kind of games that they. I think they're good to have around. Because you you can burn an episode in a couple of hours, and and then move on to something else. Especially yeah. if you play it as the episodes come out. Obviously, you can't do it with like Batman and Game of Thrones now because they're already done and dusted. But yeah, I I think I'm gonna try and keep stuff like that around. I've got season two of The Walking Dead because we got that on Games for Gold last month, didn't we? Yeah. And as much as I fucking loathe the the opening twenty minutes to that game. I will probably keep it around and just, when I've got nothing better to do, 
just do an episode of yeah. you know Child Killing Simulator 2017. Bash an episode out. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. there's, there's no, I've never found an easy way to get out of a funk. I just have to keep putting discs until something doesn't bore me as much as everything else. Yeah. Keep but, going until something clicks. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because I'm, I've got this massive pile of really long games that I need to get finished. Not that I even need to start. I need to finish. I'm halfway through my first my no magic uh, playthrough of Dishonored Two. I'm halfway through my first playthrough of Horizon. I've just started Prey. I need to stop and maybe actually finish one of these fucking games. Nah. <laughs> you know, I really want to finish Dishonored uh, and and replay. You know, the the low chaos, magic filled Corvo playthrough that I'm planning because I love the story and I love the world. I just I moved on to do something else and never went back, and I I don't even know why. Because whatever it was, is not as good as Dishonored. I do, I, and the same with Horizon. Horizon is a massive game, and actually, the biggest problem I've got with Horizon is that I just I refuse to fast travel and I run across the map to get to my next mission, and that takes me three hours because I keep stopping to do things. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing that everybody else does with Grand Theft Auto. I do it with Horizon, and I think a lot of other people do it with Horizon as well. I was talking to a uh, uh, you know, leg podcast legend Richard Natris the other day uh, on Twitter, and we were both saying it's so easy to just run around and just spend time leveling yourself up and crafting stuff and killing things because they're there. And I discovered the other day there's a an armor set you can get in Horizon Zero Dawn that essentially makes you invincible. And okay. now I I want to dedicate all of my time to finding that armor, so I can I can just cheese the rest of the game. <laughs> it's Assassin's Creed games have had that, haven't they? Where it's there's that one armor set that you get by doing all of the one of the fucking stupid collectibles, but yeah, you get, basically... you get a piece of armor which is amazing at one thing but completely useless for something else. Yeah, but it basically makes you, you know, invincible. So you can just run through and just bat a fuck out of everybody in your way. You know, it's it's one of those weird. I don't know. I want to know. I do know why people put it in there because it's you know it's fun to go chasing for stuff like this. But now I know it's there. I want to go do it, and I want to get that before I finish the rest of the game. But yeah, I'm I'm curious. But yeah, you know, it's it's. I have a like this long list of games. Ghost Recon was on that list as well, but. That, That's not I'm not. Anymore. No, I think actually the recon be- doesn't exist anymore. No. The best thing I can do is get that thing out of my drive, put Darksiders in, and I don't know eBay or trade it in. It's a fucking Ubisoft game. Trading price is going to be almost zero, so there's absolutely no point in me in me trading it in. But you know, I'd do something with it, to turn it into an ash, turn it into an ashtray, you know, door wedge. Something to stop my table from wobbling. Anything, just get it out of my the dog. Exactly. <laughs> but I think is that I think that's us done talking about what we've been playing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, not not bad going. Just uh. Do Amazon still have that ability to trade games in? No, they got rid of that a while ago. 
because no one used it. Well, well, I don't think it was that no one used it. I think it was people that did use it realized that they were actually giving better prices than anybody else. And I yeah. think Amazon were probably losing quite a fair amount of money doing that. Yeah, I suppose. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Game? No, don't like game. Well, that's like I do like game, but they don't give great trading prices. I, uh, I will not. Sex. I will not go into CEX because I I wear relatively expensive trainers and I don't want to leave them stuck to the floor. Um, what's that website? The one that does it, Game Exchange or something like that? Yeah, Game Exchange isn't bad. I've used them a few times. They give better rates than most other places. Yeah. And they give you money in PayPal. Yep. I might just eBay it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. You probably won't get a lot for it. No, you won't. Maybe 15 if that. 12, maybe. That's alright. Pays for, I don't know, something that's on sale. Or a bit of DLC or something. Or like a pint at your local. Where I live next to a really expensive local, so probably a half. Yeah, half a shandy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's move on. Let's uh, let's wrap this bad boy up with some recommendations. Do you uh, do you want to go yep. first? I'm going to recommend a game that is only I think it stops being available on the 15th of May, so you don't have a lot of time. So, well, that's. Monday? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's um, on Games with Gold right now on Xbox Live is Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2, which um, the bad story for this game is the fact that it was cancelled mid-development and they released it anyway. Oh, excellent. So it's one of those games where the where it just ends just like out of nowhere. It's just like you've just spent a lot of a fair amount of time playing some pretty interesting and decent story. You do a weird section and then it's like the game just goes, "Oh, by the way, this is the end of the game now." <laughs> and you're like, "Uh, what?" Perfect. There was a third game that was planned, but that was cancelled mid-development of number 2 where so they'd already they they were mid-development of number 2 when that was cancelled at the same time as 3 was cancelled that was like just being drawn up to be started. Bloody but it was yeah. mostly down to the fact that it was at the exact time of the Disney takeover. I was going to say, was this Disney taking over LucasArts? So yeah. The same thing that killed, uh, th- was it thirteen thirteen? Yep. Yeah. Pretty much everything died. For Star Wars games died at the same time the Disney took over because Disney wanted to rewrite the canon. But yeah, I, I'm okay with that because, well, actually, no, not really okay with it on the grounds that we haven't actually had a Star Wars game come out since. Disney took over, really. Battlefront 2 is going to have a single player, though. Yeah, which looks fucking brilliant. Yeah? Yeah. After uh, well, because I, I didn't really like Battle, Battlefront 1. Yeah, well, well, Battlefront 1 didn't have a single player. It was, just, no. it was just reskinned Battlefield 4. So I kind of... I which saw, was just reskinned Battlefield 3. Yeah. I saw Twitter kind of explode with Battlefront stuff. At, was it Star Wars Celebration? They announced it. Yeah, and I saw Twitter kind of explode a bit, and I went, mm, "Okay, whatever." And literally, just it completely fell off my radar. I've not even seen a fucking trailer for it, and I can't think of anything I would I would be less interested in chasing a YouTube trailer for. Yeah, I suppose it helps a lot that the um, I think the the chick who is playing 
the main character, from what we've seen in Battlefront 2, single player is fucking hot. Yeah? Yep. Cool. Is it? Is, is it anybody from the uh, the current films? No, it's um, uh, Janina Givanka, who's in The League. Oh, yeah, I know her. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> mm, very nice. Yeah. Now to... Now wrong with that. Anyways, let's... Your yeah. recommendation, Mr. Brooks? My recommendation, uh, a game I've spent a little while doting over earlier on. I just got onto PlayStation Plus for the month. So you've got until the end of the month to grab it. Uh, it's Telltale's Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, you know, it's free. It is a bargain at twice the price. Yeah, it's it's more than worth playing for free. It's worth paying 15 quid to play it. So free is definitely... Yeah. And I think that's us all done, mate. I think we're uh, wrapped for another episode. Another episode down. Um, let's start planning another episode coming because... Well, screw it. Let's not bother planning anything. Well, next uh, the next episode, I don't have any... I will, I will probably, I'm hoping, if I get really lucky and I plan properly and I don't decide to sit and watch films instead, I would like to have you know a decent chunk of prey done, I think, for the next episode. Apart from that, I have no plans. Yeah, I mean, what is what we've we got? We've got the twenty-third, the sixth. So it's two more episodes before E three. Yeah, so we're gonna have next week or next next week. Next episode will be just another episode like this, and then the episode after that will be pre three. Yeah, pre three. Uh, and then an absolute shit ton, hopefully, of E three stuff. But that we will explain later a little bit later on but yeah so until next time mr miller where can people find you uh people can find me on twitter as the john underscore cu on xbox live as long dong silver cool i am at the brook of at, at the brooker i cannot fucking speak today this the, is the brooker of eli <laughs> i am so fucking glad we're nearly done because i'm gonna go <laughs> hang myself I am at Brooker411, if you can believe it, on Twitter, uh, where I hang around, I talk games, I talk films and things that just piss me off. I just moan constantly. Yep. Uh, and you does. Can, I do all the time. It's just what I do. And I write and podcast for Failed Critics, our mothership podcast and site. So you can find me over there, and if you don't want to find us anywhere else, you can find us at Character Unlock anywhere that you can put in an at sign. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are all at Character Unlock. And if you really want to ignore us until the next time, you will find us back here in a couple of weeks for yet another episode. Until then, say goodnight, John. Goodnight, John. Character Unlock was presented by Andrew Brooker and John Miller, with music provided with permission from Miracle of Sound from the track A Dog's Life. Character Unlock is recorded for Failed Critics and is a part of the Failed Media Network of Podcasts, along with Field and Mullinger's Underground Nights and the Failed Critics Film Podcast. And you can check us out at failedcritics.com or find us on Twitter at Character Unlock. Thanks for listening.
fuck's sake. Right, stop, stop dicking around, John. Let's, let's get to work. I can't help that. <laughs> right. <clears throat> okay. What do we say? It was episode 18. Yes. Welcome once again to this, the 18th episode of Character Unlock. The, the oh fuck me, I am such a mong. I'm yes. Gonna try, I'm gonna try that again. Mm, mm, can't Fucking talk special to case. Oh, f- such a mong. <laughs> oh. I, I went to say the spoilerific podcast. Or that, that's not the word I'm looking for. We're not spoiling anything. No. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe other people's dinners, but Jesus Christ, shambolic was the word I was looking for. Jeez, just trying to be a bit different and clever. Failed at the nah, first hurdle. Don't. <laughs> right, let's try Beaten that again. By your own intelligence. I know, or lack of. Yeah, that's the one. Beat myself to death of my own stupidity. All right, let's try again. <sighs> Welcome to the 18th episode of Character Unlock Podcast. The fuck, dude. Dude, seriously, you just. <laughs> I'm just. Gonna... Oh right, I'm not doing. I'm not going to be clever. I can't be asked. This is falling apart horribly, and I haven't even fucking started yet. You're not Bollocks. big, and you're not clever, man. Oh, Come Jesus. on, get your shit together, son. Ah, <laughs> right. <laughs> fuck me. Take three. Alright, swig of coffee and I'm going to do this. Third time fucking lucky. God fucking damn it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 